Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Mama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Shine, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good. I'm still enjoying the uh, beautiful, beautiful city, the town, the village of, of Tuscaloosa. Let's not call it a village. That was a goof. The other place is the village, right? That's right. It's not a village. And you it's know it's what the I'm opposite thinking, of a village. It's more like a global marketplace. Phenomenon. Um, you know what I was thinking? Like, uh, I listened to the podcast we did yesterday for uh, today. How did we <laughs> That's do? Confusing. Uh, we did fine. But uh, we sound like we're on the phone, which both of us are. And, you know, at first I was like, okay, that's not going to be good. The Locked On people aren't going to like that. But then I thought, you know, I think our podcast is designed to be a podcast where it sounds like you're talking to a friend of yours on the phone. So that's what it is. When people listen to us, they're listening to friends of theirs on the phone. They just don't get to talk. (laughs) It's, It's frankly how I describe the podcast to anyone that asks that ask me about it. It's frankly how I do that. It's uh, when somebody says, what's your podcast like? What I tell them, it's like, well, it's like my pal Luke and I are on the phone talking about Alabama football for 20 minutes. And for the hell of it, we decided to record it. (laughs) That's that's just, that's literally what it is. So if, uh, if the listeners like it, then that's what they're getting. And sometimes when we, uh, when we record, we're, uh, we're busy people on the go. We're on the go, me and you. Uh, I'm I'm heading out to Washington D.C. here just a couple of Washington D.C. Yeah, the District of Columbia. Holy moly! You you up there recruiting in uh, Mike Loxley territory? You're recruiting yeah, in uh, Mike Loxley territory. I am. He didn't get my my Donald Trump joke. He uh he thinks it's somewhere near Montana. <laughs> well, but you know, you know everybody's giving him shit about the Kansas City tweet. Yeah. You know yeah. what? I, I think that's a fair. I mean, Kansas City kind of is in both of them. I mean, it's it's not that big a deal. It wasn't. Uh, I, I mean, it 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 poured gasoline in the fire because of who he is and 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 his his enemies, if you want to call it that way. I think that's gasoline on the fire. We we would we would have made marginal fun of say a celebrity that did that. Like let's say you know like. <laughs> Brad Pitt uh, said uh, Kansas City is in Kansas. We, we, we might have chuckled briefly, but, you know, it is the president. So he's, he's probably supposed to know. See, what I would have done, because I, I, and, and, and I'm just some, some dumbass. I'm certainly not the president. What I would have done, because I'm not sure, is I would have, I would have, uh, I would have left the state thing alone. Because I know that part of Kansas City is in Missouri and there's part of Kansas City in Kansas. I thought the stadium was in Missouri. I, I thought that that was true, but I didn't. I, I just would have left it alone. You just say, congratulations, Chiefs Kingdom. You know, that's what they call themselves. Congratulations, Chiefs and Chiefs fans all across the country. Uh, he got very specific and uh, I guess he did. What what he was dumb to realize is that he was sort of uh, entering into dangerous country when he was going to name one state or another because I, I, I would have been worried I would get it wrong because of that unique situation. But that said, uh, you know, the president should know his uh, his country a little better than that. No, you're, you're right. And that that is the thing. I mean, he, he the state thing was totally unnecessary. Leave that out of there altogether. But in a way, that's who he is. 
<laughs> I mean, you can't. I go back to my parable about the scorpion and the frog. I mean, the scorpion's going to sting the frog, and Donald Trump's going to put something unnecessary in a tweet that makes you go, "Why did you put that in there?" So that's just anyway. Um, okay, so Alabama and Tennessee uh, tonight, as far as everybody's concerned, because we're cutting this on Monday, so really it's a Tuesday podcast. So tonight. It'll be Alabama and Tennessee. And I am shocked, shocked, I tell you, to see that apparently there are a few uh, NCAA tournament predictors that have us, like, with a better than 75% chance to still make the tournament, which I feel like they're just teasing us at this point because there's I can't believe that's right after we lost to Arkansas. Yeah, I, I didn't know that till you just said it because I, I, I sort of put myself a moratorium after the loss Saturday. Uh, I, I put a moratorium on myself of even looking at the bracketologist because I, I didn't want to just see what I, I knew would be true. You just shocked me by saying that. But on the other hand, we did lose to a team that's in the field, and uh, that, that means you don't drop much, I mean, or, or even really at all. When you lose to someone ahead of you in the net, you don't really drop. So I guess I can see that. Uh, and, and a lot of my pessimism and negativity is about we know where this is going without Herb. But I will say this, based on what you just told me, Luke, a home win over Tennessee, who's not that good. Tennessee's not as good as Arkansas. They haven't been as good as – I realize they're getting some players back, but they, they, they have not been as good as Arkansas. So they're not as good. And we have a winnable home, a road game uh, at Georgia. So win those two, and I'm back looking at bracketology next Monday. But I got to win those two before I even look at bracketology. Maybe I should be anyway, based on what you just informed me and the rest of the podcast listeners. But uh, um, let, let's let's just beat Tennessee, and then uh, then then somehow find a way to beat Georgia on the road. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm just right now. I guess I'm just down a little bit. I'm just not very confident. Um, it, I, you know, Herb Jones still won't be ready. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I don't know about Beetle Bolden being ready. I, I, mean, uh, I heard this. I heard a report this morning from. Uh, yeah, let's give credit where credit's due. I, I got a good uh, report from uh, Barry Sanderson on the Barry Sanderson Radio Show in Tuscaloosa. I highly recommend listening to Barry and uh, Dad Wimp on his uh, morning radio show, uh, they seem to indicate uh, from talking to Nate Oates that Beetle is likely back against Tennessee, likely, not certainly, but he is responding to medication. The doctors have apparently sort of figured out the nature of his uh, GI illness. Uh, he did lose a little weight there, <laughs> so I'm not sure we're going to see Beetle Bolden at 100%, but like uh, Nate said, uh, you know, you get Beetle back a few minutes uh, and, and that means we can sit Kyra. Kyra played, Kyra played the full 40 minutes against Arkansas the other night. And while Kyra is in great shape and is somewhat capable of doing that, what I worry about is Kyra's effectiveness playing 40 minutes, you know, worries yeah. me a little bit. With Beetle Bolden back and, and, and he can play the point a little bit, maybe, uh, maybe, we can, maybe we can get Kyra's minutes just down to 36. That might, that might make a, a big difference. And then you also can rest Shackelford a little bit with Beetle Bolden. So uh, apparently Beetle will be back Tuesday night per Nate Oates, per Barry Sanderson. 
uh, 100.9 uh, Tuscaloosa. Well, and you're right about Bolden, and I, that's what I was thinking about today. Look, if he can play five minutes, I think that would have – we would have won the game if Beto Bolden plays five minutes. You know why? We only have one and a half guys that played Saturday that I trust dribbling the basketball. And I'm not sure – one of them is Shackelford, one of them is Kyra Lewis, and – the one of those is the half. I'm not. Sometimes I don't trust Kyra Lewis dribbling. You know what I mean? Sometimes I don't trust Shackelford dribbling. So, yep. but I know this: those were the only two guys that, when they had the basketball and the basketball was being dribbled on Coleman Coliseum's floor, that I felt confident. John yeah, Teddy's dribbling is just oh, no, not good. He's not good at it. Yeah, I mean, no and I don't. I mean, he's good at shooting three pointers. He is not good at dribbling the basketball. No, and yeah, Galen no, Smith. No, yeah. to dribble so that because I don't want him doing it. Yeah, no thanks on uh, Petty being a primary ball handler. And and I'll tell you what, he, the loss of Herb goes beyond he's our best defensive player. He was also a guy that handled that task sometimes. And while Herb Jones is not a point guard first guy, Herb could never play point guard, probably not even in the Sun Belt. But Herb was capable of being a guy that can handle the ball. He was bringing the ball up the floor occasionally as part of his duties. We had spelled Kyra with Herb, you know, uh, somewhat. So Herb, you know, just, just invaluable. His positional versatility is frankly what makes him a, 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 a borderline NBA prospect. Herb can literally play one, one through the four. Very, very few players can do that. Now, he wouldn't do that in the NBA, but but I'm just saying, boy, that, that, that Herb loss, it's going to take a while to get over it, even though as we often – bring up i mean he's kind of a flawed guy himself because he's not much of a scorer but anyway we have a good shot against tennessee and, and beat tennessee at home and then uh, see what we can do against georgia on the road i think georgia played better the other day uh than they had been playing but uh but georgia is is, is definitely beatable even on their home floor oh there's no question about that but um going back to the that herb jones thing for a second is there any idea of how long you think you actually be out? I know it's quote unquote indefinite, which you know runs yep. the gamut. But I, um, I mean, I hear the, op- the optimistic. If, yeah, the optimistic view is three weeks. That would be six games. So we're down yeah. one. Maybe we get him back. Maybe after five more games. So Jesus. you know, it's just a matter of keeping your head afloat until then. And then getting on a run now that we have her back. Although people have to remember, even when we get her back, here's how bad here's how bad our luck is in the basketball roster. You know, and I bet you don't know this, Luke. I found I found out myself just this this morning, which is Monday morning as we record. Uh, Raymond Hawkins, who we were saying, okay, well, if Hawkins is ever going to play, it's going to have to be now because you know because we we are so thin that we might actually play the freshman from California, Raymond Hawkins, that we haven't really played in a single game all year, but now he's probably going to have to play. He didn't even dress out the other night because he has the flu and is quarantined from the team for another three days because Nate's petrified Raymond Hawkins is going to give the flu to one of the seven guys that actually plays the minutes. So even Hawkins is sidelined with the flu and is in quarantine like he just got back from vacationing in China. You got that meat syphilis, man. I'm telling you, it's going <laughs> it's, around. It spreads. It does spread. Can you believe that? 
I mean, uh, I know it's just like not the most relevant player, but it is relevant to Alabama's basketball story, isn't it? Oh, it's just, it, you know, again, I feel like it, uh, as as mad as I was the other night that we lost to Arkansas, cause we should have won that game, I thought. Um, we should have won it. Okay, going in, if you had told me we weren't going to have Herb Jones and Beetle Bolden and Raven Hawkins had the flu and the meat syphilis is going around, then I would have said, okay, we should not win this game. Because I was at the game and watched it all happen, I know we should have won that game. So that's what makes me mad. But, um, ah, shit, what was I going to say? It doesn't even matter. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, speaking of, uh, just really quickly, shout out to Reggie Raglan. Um, I called him in the state championship game when he was in the eighth grade for Bob Jones. And, um, boy, that guy was a beast. Uh, it may have been in ninth grade. He may have been in ninth grade at the time. But uh, he was an absolute beast. And I was like, oh, my God. Everybody's talking about he's going to be a great football player. Man, I think he's going to be a great basketball player. And, um, in fact, he apparently told Tim Watts or somebody like that uh, – Way back when, I, my dream is to play in the NBA championship. And, of course, now he wins the Super Bowl. So, he's won a national championship, a state championship in basketball, and a Super Bowl. I mean, there are not a lot of folks that have done that, and that's pretty doggone cool. Yeah, I couldn't be happier for for Reggie. And uh, it was, uh, I think it was, I think it was the wife, the, the Mrs. LJS Law, who pointed out last night during the uh, the celebration that uh, once the Chiefs started celebrating, that this is, this is old hat for Reggie, right? Reggie, Reggie was excited. Reggie was happy. He had never won a Super Bowl before, but uh, this wasn't the first time Reggie Ragland had uh, celebrated the ultimate prize of uh, whatever league he's playing in. And in fact, it's his third a high school, a, a college, and now a Super Bowl championship. I can name one other Alabama player that did that. I'm sure there's several over the years that have won a state champion. I'm sure there's several, but uh, but Sherman Williams had done that also uh, about years oh, yeah. ago, uh, winning a, a high school championship at Blunt. Uh, a national championship with Alabama and then the Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys. So, uh, uh, yeah, couldn't be excited, more excited for Reggie. Uh, I like the Chiefs. I like watching Mahomes play. As somebody watches a lot of NFL and Mahomes, what I found interesting is, you know, the whole world is watching last night and everyone generally impressed with Mahomes. I've seen him better. I mean, I've seen him better. I've seen oh, him. Oh, he had wild. a bad game. I've seen him. Yeah, and especially, especially going into the fourth quarter, you're like, Boy, yeah. Mahomes may not be ready for the for maybe he wasn't ready for this stage. But then he did what he's been doing all season and what he certainly did every game in the postseason, and that's make up a double digit deficit in the fourth quarter. He, he does so. That's what's amazing about his performance last night was just the consistency in in coming back to win the games. That's what made him incredible and made him the MVP. But uh, oh, I, I've seen Mahomes just just wow me, and you know I, I watch a lot of football for. Uh, for for he's several times this season and last season, uh, Mahomes did something that left me just jaw agape. I mean, he he is something else. But uh, happy for the Chiefs, definitely happy for Reggie Ragland, and to some extent, we've been leaving out Garrick Dieter out of our Chiefs talk. Garrick is on the practice squad for the Chiefs. He has been on the Chiefs for two or three seasons and has been active and has caught passes, so he is a part of the Chiefs' success. Uh, just just happened to be on the practice squad most of this year. He's actually very good buddies with Mahomes off the field. They they pal around together quite a bit, Garrett Dieter and and Mahomes. So uh, happy for Garrett too. I'm sure he gets a Super Bowl ring out of this. Uh, so we should uh, we should throw him a bouquet as well. 
I dig it. Um, how about Kool-Aid McKinstry in this past weekend? Sounds like the visit went great. Um, but, you know, it seems like visits always go great. So I'm, I'm not getting my hopes up because, frankly, I've heard a lot of people say they think, you know, he's an Auburn lock. Shoot, I'm worried about Clemson. I, I think it's yeah. Clemson, Bama, Auburn in that order for him. But I'm just reading tea leaves here. What do you think? No, no, I totally agree. I think Clemson and LSU are, are, are real threats. I would call Clemson and LSU real threats. Auburn the favorite. But I do not count out Alabama here for, for a couple of reasons. I love the Nate Oates offer to Jaquincy. I think that's a big help. Uh, don't read too much into it, people, in terms of how the scholarship would actually work. But Nate offering scholarship to Kool-Aid is basically telling him, I want you. I want you on this team. And that's going to go a long way towards making Jaquincy comfortable with choosing Alabama, that the football coach and the basketball coach want him. Uh, and, and that that's that's big. Uh, I think the kid is a completely legit five-star. I'm real excited about him. He's a high-priority guy for us for this reason. When you go over who we signed in December and who we're about to sign at, you know, on Wednesday, I, I think one, one of the spots we didn't recruit really well is corner. Uh, we're bringing in two corners in this group because Malachi Moore is going to play safety. Uh, Jacquez Robinson from Jacksonville and the Juco kid, Ronald Williams. Well, Ronald's a Juco kid, so he's going to be here and gone. Uh, it barely counts. Jacquez is, is the high school corner we signed, and frankly, he's not one of the more highly recruited guys in this class. I'm not ripping him. I'm not saying he doesn't have a chance to be good. He does have a chance to be good. I would just say compared to the other positions, we didn't do great at corner. So corner is a big priority in this next group. We need to do well at corner. You don't want to go two years in a row not doing great at a, at a, a valuable position on the field. So Alabama needs to sign two or three capable corners in this upcoming class. So McKinstry is not only a great player, he's a great player to need position for us. So uh, I'm, I'm going to watch his recruitment very closely. Love the kid. Love the athleticism. It would be exciting to have a football slash basketball player if he can handle it. it. You know, it's so easy, you know, for us to say, oh, that's going to be fun. That's a, so much to handle academically, uh, just never having any free time where sports isn't dominating uh, your schedule and, and to stay uh, on top of your academics at the same time. Very tough, but uh, but I hear the kid's capable. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm excited about Kool-Aid's recruitment for sure. Agree, Alabama's not in the driver's seat, but we're definitely in this thing. Well, let's just, I mean, he and Dylan Brooks are two of the biggest gets in this class, I think, yes. and so we'll be talking about them a lot. And, of course, tomorrow is signing day, the second signing day, and uh, we're all looking, we're all on McKinley-Jackson watch. So uh, that's, what do you think there? Optimistic, optimistic, far from certain. Nobody needs to be certain. Any Alabama fan that's certain, that means you don't know, you don't know, you're guessing. You're guessing. <laughs> and, and that's fine. Guessing's fine. Hell, guessing is what we all do. Guessing is what we do here. We guess based on the information that we have. Uh, because because how could you ever know? Uh, even if Alabama knows, do they really? So, uh, you know, I, I'm optimistic. I would project it. Uh, and if we're all putting a dollar in, in the hat, I got my dollar in Alabama. But uh, is it realistic he could choose A&M? Yes. Is it realistic he could choose LSU? Yeah, a little lesser. I would say A&M more likely than LSU, but LSU maybe. And here's the deal. 
I know he hadn't talked him up. I don't rule out Ole Miss. I don't rule out Auburn. Uh, and, and there are signing day shocks all the time. So I think this is going to be one, Luke. Uh, I'll, I'll be surprised even with our sources that, that we have that, that, that are, are pretty good. Luke, I'll be, I'll be surprised if, if, if me and you know beforehand. I, I think we're sitting on the edge of our seat, which means our staff is really on the edge of their seat as this announcement is made. I, I don't think they'll know. They'll be told beforehand, but, hey, it's no recruiting secret. Sometimes you're told beforehand, and then it goes the other way. I mean, that, that happens, and this has the earmarkings of one of those type things. But uh, I say Alabama. But to say I'm nervous about it, because to me, McKinley, he definitely makes or breaks Wednesday. I'm not sure you could say he makes or breaks the entire recruiting effort in 2020, but he, he makes or breaks Wednesday for damn sure. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. So we will be talking about uh, McKinley Jackson, hopefully, and we will be reviewing the Alabama-Tennessee game uh, come Wednesday's podcast. Today's Monday, this podcast for Tuesday, and we're talking about what we're going to do on Wednesday. That's how we do it here on Locked On Bama. So, Who told uh, y'all we were busy? Roll we're on the go. Hell, hell, I started this call in Tuscaloosa, and now I'm in Northport. We're on the go. Hey, well, I started this call in Harpersville, and now I'm in Birmingham, so that's how it works out. Um, we, all right, people, buddy, roll people tide. People should appreciate this. All right, Locked On Bama, roll tide.